Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As a reminder, we are giving away tickets to go see the Caps this evening on the show at 6 o'clock. We got the good seats. They're playing the Devils. That game's coming up on January 3rd. Make sure you're listening. That is two hours from right now. In 55 minutes at 5, Jay Gruden joins the show. We'll go around the NFL with him. And what did he think about Ron Rivera benching Sam Howell for Jacoby Brissett? In case you're curious, and we know that you are. Mm-hmm. Black polo with jeans and brand new Kizzik's. Show me the brand new ones. That I Let me got for Christmas. The monitor's in the way. Let me the see. monitor's Can in the move way. The monitor? No, really, really stretch it up. Stretch I mean, they're hamstring. literally the same Kizik's. Yeah, but they're new and fresh. It, you're literally moved it. You moved the monitor more blocking your foot. Like when you tried to <laughs> well, make then room. how am I supposed to show you my foot? <laughs> you got to go straight towards me in a way. <laughs> what the hell do you think I am? You got to back a up. A gymnast? Yes. Show me your flexibility. You're really flexible. Bend it a little bit. I'm kidding. That looks good. God, those are sharp. You should. Have we done a video for for socials where you just walk into them and show how seamless it can be? I think be? we did a couple years ago. Did we? You know, Darius, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like they're just laid out, and Grant's like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" He's not even looking at it. He no looks into the. You chisics. know, the move now is I just wear these for like eight months, and then my wife gets me the exact same pair, and I slip right pair. into the next. Yep. One. Uh, what's Danny wearing today? I got some uh, white Adidas sneakers, Yeens, and my favorite Nationals pullover. Uh, it's like that. It's when they were with Nike for like seven minutes. It's that Black Nationals one from like 2014. But I like this one a lot. It is time for your Beltway Blitz on the Caps, Wiz, and Commanders. Let's get after it. We begin with our buddy Ben Rabia, the Capitals Radio Network. Caps back in action. You know, it's only been a few days ago, but I had not one or two or three or four, but five friends over to watch Caps Rangers. And oh, boy, no. did we make a mistake, Ben. That was an ugly oh, performance. No. One for every goal. They're getting back after it, though. 7.30 puck drop against the Islanders on, in, at Long Island, whichever you <laughs> prefer. What do you think? I think you need to invite your crew back tonight, the Yolma refund. I hope they were, uh, hope you had some good lemonades out for a spread. But, yeah, that was a rough one the other night. Could have been worse, though. Listen, did you see what the New York Islanders were a part of on Wednesday night, which brings us to tonight's game. The Islanders on Wednesday, while the Capitals were uh, losing badly to the New York Rangers, the Islanders fell 7 nothing at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins on Wednesday. Point being, you're going to have two pretty revved-up teams tonight. One would think the Islanders looking to bounce back from a blowout loss. The Capitals looking to right themselves as well. So two teams chomping at the bit to uh, to right the ship here. Ben, big picture, do you feel like this team is close to, I don't think a breakout necessarily is the right word uh, or right term in terms of the offense, but starting to creep up the rankings a little bit. I, I know it's not going to be the Bruce Boudreaux, high-flying, you know, score five, give up four type organization, type team right now, but do you feel like they're kind of creeping up uh, to start having more consistent offense? 
I think if you would have asked me that two, three weeks ago, I may have jumped into that pool, but you look at the past few games, it's crept back down to where they were earlier this year. They have five goals in the last four games, and Anthony Mantha has been largely responsible for that. Over the last four games, Mantha is the only forward to score an even-strength goal. Uh, there's a real appetite. That has to change. That, that's not sustainable long-term. It's great that they won a number of games before the Christmas break. I've been banging the drum on our post-game shows. It, it really is good that they're showing that they could win low-scoring, grinded-out affair games. That's the type of games you need to win that in the second half of the season. You need to be able to win games like that come springtime. You can't always outscore defensive issues, in other words. So it's great that they're playing well defensively. At some point, though, you can't just win 2-1, to 3-1 games every night. And it's, it's just it's been too frequently. That's the problem. You could rely on that on occasion. It's great to have that foundation. At some point, the goals have to come with more regularity from guys other than Anthony Mantha. There's a real desire that has to get going uh, as quickly as possible. Here. That's exactly what I thought you were going to say this season before the year you started. Know. <laughs> Someone other than Anthony Mantha has got to start scoring some goals. Old, reliable Anthony Mantha. <laughs> yeah, just the way that we drew it up for sure. Uh, how about some reinforcements? Max Pacioretty, timeline. I mean, you talk about goal scoring. Hopefully he could provide some offense. And then also, is Ethan Bear playing tonight? What can we can expect? Uh, not tonight, but Ethan Bear, defenseman, they just signed to the two-year deal officially yesterday. He had been around with the team for, for a week plus already. Could make his debut as soon as tomorrow night against Nashville. That's a guy who they would like to think will bring some offensive upside from the back end. But I think what you're really looking forward to, returns up front, none of which are happening tonight, but a healthy Milano, a healthy Ochi who was, Back on the ice today at the morning skate. He's inching closer to a return. And then the anticipated season debut of Max Pacioretty. Also, not tonight. Could be as soon as tomorrow against Nashville. It is coming. Uh, full participant in practice, you know, going back to before the Christmas break. And Pacioretty, again, for context, a six-time 30-goal score in his career. Not to suggest he's at that level still, but somebody who should not only provide some offense himself, but you would like to think, will push others in the lineup as well. Hey, all of a sudden, guys are going to be fighting for ice time, fighting for playing time, fighting to stay in the lineup, perhaps. I would like to think everyone's antenna goes up a little bit when you get this type of reinforcement, and maybe it brings out the best in, in several players when you know you get some, some returns like that. Benjamin, thank you as always, buddy. Happy New Year to you. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank yeah, buddy. You too. Talk soon. Let's talk about the roommates at Cap One Arena. Our guy Glenn Consor joins us to break down those Wizards. What do we need to know? Brooklyn this evening, Glenn. Yeah, they got Brooklyn this evening, and uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, you know, Brooklyn is uh, is a team that plays a lot of ISO basketball. They're a very good three point shooting team, and you know you got to you know and you got to defend the three in transition and in the half court, and they're also I think six in the NBA in offensive rebounding which has been, you know, an issue, the defensive glass for the Wizards. So, you know, they, they look, you know, it's, uh, it's an opportunity to, to look for a win. Whose game have you liked here recently that's trending in the right direction? Um, Daniel Gafford, for sure. Um, Jordan Poole has shown flashes, you know, and Kuz, I think, had a bruised his thigh a little bit the last, uh, came into the last game, so he's been a little banged up. But, you know, I think a lot of the guys are playing better. And, you know, your question, Grant, is, 
you know, the million dollar question, because I think that's what these guys are looking for. The management is looking, it's all about assessment and watching how guys develop and what their analytic analytics are in development. So, you know, I think Kispert's played well as of late. Um, you know, I think Denny defensively has, he hasn't scored much late, but he can, but he's really shown what he can do on the defensive end and in passing. So, you know, I think, I think, and, and Bilal has been, you know, just, man, he, he just impresses every time he's on the floor. Glenn, we've talked about this a little bit before, but against Orlando a couple, whatever that was, a few nights ago, I thought they actually rebounded pretty well, and that's kind of what I'm looking for, right? I understand you're not going to win the Battle of the Boards on a nightly basis for a team designed the way they are, but I think it's Golden State, Toronto. It's it's almost a 20-board differential. Something's got to yeah. give there, right? I just because I know you talk about it all the time on the broadcast, and 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 you and I have talked a bunch of times about it. It's not always about who's jumping the highest. There's an effort thing. There's a commitment to it. I get you're not going to be one of the best board teams in the league because that's not who you are. But that's got to improve, right? It, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, you hope it does. I mean, I, you know, I've I've had extensive conversations with with Wes, and he believes it can improve. But you know, there is some reality i mean this is this team is not a big team right they're not big you know they don't have big rebounding type players you know um uh that that are bruisers you know their big players are finesse guys so um you know for the most part you need the big you know brawly brooke lopez you know space eating rebounders to compete and because we don't have that player or that size, you know, it's got to be gang rebounding and, you know, you got to bring it on steroids, really. You know, I mean, you got to really, everybody's got to like, you know, play and rebound twice as hard as anybody else would. Glenn, I wanted to pivot for a second away from the Wiz and just another hoop storyline to ask you about. But the Pistons are 2-29. and They dropped their 28th in a row last night. I was kind of tracking the game and they lost in overtime despite having what was like a 20-point lead at the half or something crazy, and now they're 2-29. Right. and 29. I'm just curious. I mean, you've been around the game most of your life. Like, What you think about losing 28 straight in a sport where, I mean, it really is every time you take the floor, anyone who's ever bet on basketball knows it's so random and teams upset clubs all the time. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It is. It is. And I also will tell you that, um, you know, the way they played against – I watched a lot of the game last night. The way they played against Boston, they're going to beat a lot of teams. So they are getting better. They are – you know, the, the ball just doesn't bounce the right way sometimes. Um, it, it is really, you know, bizarre that they have gone this long without winning a game. But I will tell you that, you know, they – they destroyed the Celtics on the boards last night. They, like it was like a twenty rebound differential. Mm. So if they continue to play like that, they will win games. I mean, I, obviously there's a psychological aspect of it, you know. You know but these guys are pros, man. That you know they're they they will figure it out. Monty's a good coach. They got a great player in Cade Cunningham, and you know they're they're a little undersized too. You know Isaiah Stewart is a undersized four five and you know so but you know what here's how crazy this is you know i i go i walk around everyone's going oh glenn the wizards you know you got losses yeah but no one had expectations this year 
for Detroit, there, there were a lot of the experts on, you know, ESPN, TNT. They thought th- this was a playoff team. So that's that's what they're fighting, that expectation of playing well and then going through this. Um, I think there's a difference between where we are and where, where they are right now. Glenn, thank you as always, man. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate the time. You too, guys. Talk soon, my friend. Hit that uh, commander right. center, please, there's. So this is extra extra special here, GP. I'm very surprised that this next guest is willing to come on and speak to you and I because we're meeting in the finals of his fantasy league, and I thought he would ice me out. He wouldn't want to talk at all. Truly magnanimous. Johnny Cakes-Allville coming on to talk about the Washington football team. Yeah, the audience loves it. Cakesy, first of all, how are you, sir? I would love to talk about the commanders, but I think I think Jerome Ford just scored another <laughs> touchdown against my team. On that long that pass happened. play, I'm pumping my you fist. Jerome Ford? Uh, yeah, it's because it's <laughs> oh, you're you're in. Well, I mean, it's there's like twenty. We start like seventy-one players per roster, and there's a, a whole bunch of points. There's no kickers. There's no yeah. waivers. Cakes' league is chaos. It's a great league, by the way. It's an amazing league. It's you can so say silly. that, Danny. No, I do. I love it so much because <laughs> you love points and you hate kickers, and it's the best. Uh, fantastic. What do you make of this? Brissette is in, but he's also got a hamstring. Like this, just feels so typical Rivera, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to steal a funny Danny term. It's just a big old shabingus happening there at the end of end of the Ron Rivera era. I mean, it's it's akin to at the end of the Shanny era. Remember that horrible game against the Chiefs when you know, Shanny's leaking information before the game. He couldn't wait to get out of there, and then and then the the I think. I think they were still the Redskins at that point. I can't even remember. Went out and got drilled in a lifeless game against the Chiefs. I feel like the same thing is going to happen this weekend with the Commanders against the 49ers. The 49ers coming off that loss to the Ravens. They need a get-right game. And what's a better get-right opponent than the Commanders' defense, which, by the way, isn't even at full strength with all the guys that are missing on that side of the ball. So it's... It's a full-blown goat rodeo that's happening here at this point, and uh, it's, a, it's a fitting way for the Rivera era to end. Cakesy, but what are you rooting for quarterback-wise? So they make the decision a couple days ago to bench Howe after the whole year was about Howe. Then they go to Brissett. Now Brissett pops up on the injury report after yeah. some somehow last night, I guess, or at the end of practice, you know, having a hamstring injury. So he was limited today. I'm told he's going to have to test it out on the field literally on Sunday, and then he may not be able to go. So you might have to, how awkward is that if you're Rivera, go right back to Sam and say, I believed in you all along. Like, what do you want to happen at quarterback this weekend? And, and how awkward is it for me, Grant, to have to explain to my fantasy squad that's facing Danny that we picked up Brissett and now we can't start him because he's got a, he's got a tender <laughs> hammy. But I'm rooting for chaos. I'm rooting for Kobe Brissett to go out in the pregame and his, his, there's a twinge in his hamstring. And I want to see Sam Howell back out there. I want to see Sam Howell because it's the weirdest, craziest of all the scenarios that can unfold. So I def- I want to see chaos down the stretch. And let's be honest, I'm all about draft position at this point. I don't root for meaningless wins in late December uh, because, hello, I like to pick toward the top of the draft. Call me a quarterback snob, if you will. That's kind of who I am. So, yeah, I'm rooting for Sam Howell to be in there and for there to be chaos at the quarterback position, uh, as if there's not enough chaos already. I was making the case earlier in the show, Cakesy, that you know, even if you think like I do that Rivera has not been a particularly good executive, right, and that a lot of the decisions yeah. he's made are bad, he's also had the worst luck. But maybe a better way to put it is he's like the opposite of the Midas touch. 
But this is the <laughs> yeah. perfect way for this whole charade to end is if he, he goes to Jacoby and then Jacoby's unavailable within <laughs> two practices. I mean, yeah, like it, that's a perfect it, summation of what this quarterback position's been for four years. It's a complete comedy of errors. And you, you touched on the totality of the, the quarterback fiascos since Ron has gotten here. You're right. He has the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything he has attempted to do quarterback has absolutely blown up in his face, whether it's bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick and him lasting a, a quarter of the first game or, you know, flip-flopping between Heineke and bringing in Wentz. Because, I mean, he brought, let's be honest, he brought Wentz in because that was the only person that he could force to come to Washington. No free agent was going to come and sign here. Uh, then this year is weird because it, to me, it's it always felt like at least through like the first quarter to half of the season, it was all, well, we got to develop Sam Howell. We got to develop Sam. And I thought it was about like winning games. It turned from winning games into developing Sam because Sam was the, he was the life jacket. He was the last hope for Ron because he had failed at every other turn at quarterback. So he got stuck in the quicksand trying to develop Sam and ultimately it didn't work out. Flix, I'll preface this by saying I've got a dark heart and I have no empathy <laughs> for a bunch of guys that have brought me nothing but losses and frustration. Yeah. But I'm wondering for Johnny Cake Saulville, do you have any empathy? Do you feel for any of the guys that are that are in that locker room? Uh are you talking players or coaches? Anybody. I feel more for the players than I do for the coaches, uh, the, the, you know, especially Ron. I mean, Ron is the architect of everything. And I know, Danny, you like like when you did the blame pie recently, I think your blame pie was, was it 90% Ron? That's right. 90% Ron. And I, I, think, I think that's accurate. I mean, he's the guy that has, you know, like turned a blind eye to the offensive line and uh, felt like you could bring in guys like Gates and Wiley to upgrade the offensive line. That was another fail after bringing in, uh, was it Norwell, the the guard, and Trey Turner? Like he's just he's just missing uh, at every position. He has a few hits, like Cam Curl, like grabbing that guy late in draft. Good for you. You hit on one out of about eight or ten picks. But yeah, I mean, it's just as, we've talked about this in the junks many times. As bad as Ron has been as a coach, I think he's been worse as a personnel uh, personnel guy and and an executive for Washington. Cake, see what are we doing for the new year? Uh, your boy is helping out at the in-laws uh, Wertheimer's Rockin' New Year's Eve party. The Rockin' a, New Year's Eve festivities? Wow. Yeah. Now, now. What do you I mean helping that, out? Think, like, is, is I it say a... that like in jest, slightly in jest, because it's my in-laws, and my wife and I, we are, we are the spring chickens at the event. We are by far, probably by 20 to 25, maybe 30 years, the youngest people at the event. Wow. Are they wide receivers or are they tackles? <laughs> Oh no, they're they are they are high tackle numbers oh, into low man. wide receiver numbers. They're tying Secchi, maybe a little Jamison Crowder situation. Yeah. No pass rushing specialists <laughs> up there. A few a few numbers may start with seven, but a lot of them start with eight. Oh, there man. might even be there might even be a, like a like a a Chase Young number type. Uh, yeah, that's what I was asking. Circling around. So you know there's, what I'm saying? There's going to be an edge rusher trying to get yeah. home. Is Ryan Kerrigan yeah. doing a swim and rip? <laughs> he very well could be. Let me let me just put it to you this way. the No chance the party rages until midnight. It's a, it's a physical impossibility. A little mistletoe hanging. You're going to have to separate, <laughs> do some hand checks. We did a bit, Cakes, when my kids were younger. We did a countdown, but quite literally at 8 p.m. They didn't know the difference, you know, so we could all get the hell out of there. 
Such well, a life win. That's <laughs> such a funny Danny move. I love it. Enjoy yourself, Cakesy, and uh, I'll be thinking about Thank you, you as a your Boys, chaperone. Happy New Year, and uh, let's hope to see Sam Howell under center at 1 p.m. on Sunday. That would be nice. So funny. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Cakes. Johnny Cakes. Part of the Sports Junkies radio program. They got a shot, those guys. They do. There's so, there's something about when they get together and start talking to each other. There's a, there's, uh, what's the word? Chemistry. There's a chemistry there. There was a uh, dude at Rudy's yesterday who came up and he said, I've been listening to the Junkies for about 25 years. And I said, yeah, that's possible. They've been on for, I think it's like 27. Yeah, they're, you're, this is, they're about to start year 28, right? I went on the Junkies in 1999. Did you really? Yes. That was when I first met them. At FedEx Field. After a Commanders game, I think there were like they did the thing they still were doing a year ago, where like two of them did the post game show. It might have been three that day. I think mm-hmm. it was E B, uh, J P, and uh, Bish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in 1999, in the fall of me being 10, I'm now 35. That's when I met them 25 years ago. Like everything was so different then. They used to play music the entire segment. They did. Underneath, like, them yelling at each other about, like, Andre Agassi. Like, everything's so different you now, but it's still old? the same. Yeah. January 6th will be our 10-year anniversary. That's right. Think about that. Yeah. As a radio show. I've been alive for 35 years. What's that percentage? I can't do that in my head. 10. Because it's, it's not a quarter, and it's not. 28% of my life <laughs> it's been has spent been spent in this studio looking at your no, I'm face. sorry, buddy. That ain't right. No, I'm not. If it sounded like I was being down about that, I, I mean, what an honor it is. Well, but look, I, at, look over there. No, nah, but you, we all know it's like 10 years of my life looking at you. Like, I, I know what you meant. And you're right. 28%. Just arguing about minutia. Like, well, but here's the thing. If they do get quarterback right and the offensive line improves, maybe they could get to nine. It's like the Ron Burgundy line where he's like, we've been coming <laughs> to the same party for 15 years. We've been doing the same show, just the quarterback position. And in is no wrong. way is that depressing. Maybe this offseason it'll all change. Just Ten years. But now it's actually a new show. Well, yes. I mean, the show's the same, but it's a new there's actually reason for it. Yeah, true. Because we could have come on any day for the last however many years and been like, by the way, guys, Bruce is still in charge. Dan's a tyrant. It'll never work. See you guys tomorrow too. But that wouldn't have been a good show. Got a uh, news story update for you from Nikki Javala involving a couple of the commanders, which we'll get to as soon as we return. Plus, I want to get into how Jacoby Brissett could play if he does get the start against San Francisco now that he's questionable with a hamstring issue. We're Grant and Danny. Jay Gruden joins us in a half hour right here on The Fan. Couple of newsy notes here coming down today regarding the commanders. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. Nikki Javala of the Washington Post just had this. A wrongful death lawsuit was filed in Loudoun County that alleges that Benjamin St. Just, Jamin Davis, and DeShazer Everett were racing on the night of December 23rd, 2021, when Everett crashed his Nissan GTR. Remember, his girlfriend tragically died in that crash, Mm -hmm. Olivia Peters. This is going back now two years ago. A couple years, right, yeah. uh, To right before Christmas. And this is not necessarily uh, news. I mean, the the fact that there's a lawsuit 
but it had long been speculated whether it was said out loud or not. You know, Jamin Davis was there. The cars were side by side. They were going at a high rate of speed. And people, I, I guess, concluded what they wanted to. But the lawsuit's been filed by Olivia Peters' mother, Kathleen Peters, seeking $25 million in damages, demanding a jury trial. Uh, obviously, St. Just, who's not playing this weekend, we've had on the show, Zoo, mm-hmm. just really, really good dude, really smart guy. Uh, but, you know, if, in fact, they were all racing on that night and it led to a death, I mean, not only a tragedy, but one of the great regrets you'll ever have in your life and something they've got to live with. But Jamin Davis would have been, I guess, his rookie year. Um, in 21, back, yeah. A uh, couple of years ago. Uh, St. Juice rookie year for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... We'll have to monitor this and see where it goes from here. But um, if you thought that story was in the rear view, not completely just yet. Yeah, it's a serious thing. It should be should be treated seriously, right? I have no idea. Obviously, uh, the facts need to come out as, you know, for something that that's severe, that's serious. And as you said, somebody lost their life and lives were altered uh, in its wake for, for so many folks. So um, it, that is kind of one of the things that, you know, it was a scuttlebutt, I think, about about that incident several years ago now, December 23rd, I guess a couple years. I remember but, hearing pretty yeah. quickly, but I also think you just connect dots. Like three guys mm-hmm. who have pretty sporty cars were driving at a high rate of speed in a two-lane highway and multiple players were there. But you, I guess you don't want to suggest that. But, I mean, now they've got a lawsuit out saying that something like that was happening. Indeed, yeah. So it, let, let the facts play out. Uh, no judgment just yet, but it's, um, you know, an accusation doesn't prove guilt and, and vice versa. Jamin Davis obviously has had issues with high rates of speed. Remember, he had a lo- beginning of this season missed practices at training camp. That's right. It? Yes. For, uh, you know, having another crazy speed Loudoun County issue mm-hmm. after the fact. And I remember you and I talking about it. It's like, well, he was a part of the night when that all went wrong yeah. for DeShays or Everett. And now this is something. And apparently you didn't learn your lesson. Yeah, we'd love for there to be a lesson learned Still there. going triple digits or whatever, but hopefully uh, he hasn't made any of those mistakes in a while. Uh, the other news that I wanted to pass along, this is from Front Office Sports. Commanders, 76ers, and Devils owners, Josh Harris and David Blitzer. Harris, everybody knows, majority owner here, and Blitzer, who's his partner, have acquired a majority stake in a 115-acre youth sports complex over in Hall of Fame Village in Canton, Ohio by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, Now, you think, well, that's weird, Ohio. What they've been doing, from what I can gather, is Harrison Blitzer have gotten big into the youth sports industry with their money this year. So I think they they dumped some money into Ripken Baseball, that Cooperstown All-Star Village. I'm not sure if you've been there, but I'm sure you probably will with your kids in the next few years. I've been there in the past. It's incredible. They have a bunch of ballparks that look like major league parks that they've designed. Um, We are camp, whatever that is, Hall of Fame Village now. But it seems like in the same way that like you and your buddies Mm -hmm. get together and you go, with all due respect to you guys, you might not have millions to invest, but you go, hey, we got a couple thousand bucks laying around. What should we do? And they're like, ah, what about a Chipotle or, you know, whatever. Exactly. They have decided that their, their frontier, the next big thing that they're going to make money on in addition to owning sports teams, which is what they do, they trade in sports teams, is youth sports, which is interesting because oh, dude. a lot of youth sports are are down in participation, but the ones that are up are very up. And it's it's big business, and there's a lot to it. And so you get 110 acres, and you turn this into a ton of fields in some place where you have tournaments all weekend long every weekend in Ohio, there's probably some money to be made. But from what I've gathered here with just with the reading of this story, 
Ripken Baseball is is one of like four of these mm-hmm. kind of investments that they've made this year. So they've clearly got a philosophy on their oh, investing. Yeah. Well, you've already said it. It's big business. It's not what it was 20 years ago. And if you look at the the trend line, it is a rocket ship downhill on Greece with a with a with a running start where this is going in terms of money spent on youth sports. Because you're working backwards, right? You look at whether it's a pro or a college scholarship or you know, just making the varsity team or you know, being on the right travel team, et cetera. All these things have popped up. Kids that used to be, you know, being coached by guys like my dad, who were like, take a salt tablet, get your elbow up. He didn't know. Either way, just coaching what he did, it's now high-level guys with a huge amount of experience, you know, instructing kids younger and younger and younger, specialization has happened, et cetera. This is the new frontier, right? So my son, my oldest son now plays travel soccer. I put that in quotation marks. We are shelling out money to the organization, money to whatever tournaments we're going to, then money for the facilities, money for this, that, and the other thing, just to get him the, the fun experience of playing, like, some competitive soccer. It is absolutely a thing, and it's not going anywhere, and these guys are smart. So you know what happened at my place where I lay my little head at night? What's up? Is my son is super into watching hockey with me right now. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say super into it, like he just turned three, he'll watch and he screams Ovi, you know, when Beck Malenstein has the puck. Sure. He's like, that's Ovi, that's Ovi. But he wants to learn how to skate, so we're getting him some skating lessons. It's really cheap, right? But he says he wants to play hockey. Do you know? Yes. How expensive? Yes. And how much travel? Oh yeah. And how smelly? Uh huh. Hockey is. Mm-hmm. I do. And uh, when our little guys brought it up, it was like, oh, you know what? That's not a v- look over there. I mean, w- look. If he wants to learn how to skate, let's yep. do this. No, I know. I don't want you to be me like walk skating when you're thirty. You know. But mm. now's the time. This is this is this is my official stance on this. Okay. Mm. Yep. You see, you hear that noise? Yeah. That, that's my. That's what I got. Like, okay, Mr. How do Paulson. How you feel about it? <laughs> uh, I do not love it. It's so much. But money. I, I kind of like the idea. I think it's cute of like, oh yeah, my son being a hockey player. Uh huh. You know, but then it's, can we do it for free? Nope. Right. No is the answer. Uh, there, the do barrier we need equipment. For, what if we? What if we played without equipment? The barrier for entry for a couple of these things where it's like, I'd like to try it. Nope. You'd either like to commit to it and do it for a long time. Because we're going to get our money's worth, or you don't start. The crazy, and I don't know what this is. The one that was the most expensive that we've looked up so far was this cheerleading program that my, or maybe it was dance, I don't remember, that my daughter was looking into. Isn't doing. it wild? The, the the number, I mean, you wouldn't believe the number, and she's not going to be doing it. A couple obviously. hundred bucks, pretty, you know, once a week? Uh, yeah. I mean, a month, <laughs> several minute. hundred of them. <laughs> per minute. Several hundred of those dollars per month. But it's like, really? She's... Yeah, that's right. She's she's she doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah, their response looking at their watch going, yeah, she's four. So crazy. Let's get going. Uh, do you hear that bell off in the distance? I do. I think so. I think I hear it. Is it getting closer? Yeah, it's getting a little closer. That must be the injury report bell. Here we go. We've got the injury report next on Grant and Danny. You just saw the edible mascot. He came out of a toaster, a giant toaster, minutes before kickoff. Can you really put the frosted ones in a toaster, though? Well, 
here's the sad part of the story. After the game, he will be devoured. He will die. And he will be his own last meal. <laughs> Amazing. Sign said dreams do come true, I believe. Danny, out. My sign said I'm all set. <laughs> you hated it. My sign said I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would oh. have rather you not made me laugh. Sorry, buddy. There's two options. I can either sound like an 80-year-old hacking uh, smoker. Do that. Or I could do my, like, I call it my Dexter Manly, which is like a super high-pitched, like, ha, <laughs> because that's the only way not to cack. <laughs> you do. I mean, I, I get the same thing, too, if I do a you regular laugh. Dexter Manly laugh? Yeah. It's, it's a ha, <laughs> It's a high laugh. It's very high. So I could give you that to not do the, I just smoked a pack of, uh, <laughs> you know. Whatever. The Reds. What did people smoke in the twenties? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know any of the brands like Lucky Strike back yeah. in the day, Mad Men style. Uh, here's your injury report: Percy Butler out, Kendall Fuller out, Tyler Larson out, Charles Leno out, Benjamin St. Just out. That means whoever starts at quarterback will have Nick Gates at center, Cornelius Lucas at left tackle. Andrew Wiley at right tackle. Here we go. That's not based on the injury report. I just wanted to remind everyone, <laughs> Andrew Wiley also at right tackle. Still doing it. Yeah. Uh, the secondary, Butler, one of the two safeties, out. So that would be Terrell Burgess, I guess, the special teamer. And then at corner, no cornerback one, Fuller, no cornerback two, St. Juiced. So that's the, maybe Quan Martin will play safety. I was going to say, maybe he does safety. Okay, so let's say him over Burgess, but they use three safeties a lot. So both of them will play a ton. Oh, really do. But then at corner, Emmanuel Forbes, one-on-one with Brandon Ayuk a bunch. So that'll go well. And then at the other side of the field, that's Tariq Castro-Fields' music. Maybe Christian Holmes. is He's still a thing. People tried to make that SIP thing happen where they called him SIP. Let's get past that and not do that. Yeah, I don't do nicknames for seventh-round picks. There we go. Uh, and he, he, uh, Let me get on my Doc Walker for a second. Like he's the when Doc uh, his thing is like if you're not healthy I don't talk about you you don't get a nickname if you're fourth on the depth chart at your position I'm sorry so like Scooter Harris probably an awesome guy could be a great dude that's the John to me so I'll can I go not to one up you I'll go, I'll go a step further let's say you're a Pro Bowler let's say you're awesome I'm still doing DeAndre Hopkins instead of pretending I know him like he's my buddy and going nuke well that's yeah like that's, I'm not doing that either I got that pet peeve too like yeah. Uh, Play-by-play announcers that are like downfield, Nuke Hopkins with the catch. Wrong. Every bit that you, everything <laughs> nope. about what you just did, wrong. Also, first names annoy me. Oh, this buddy. is one of my pet peeves yeah. with play-by-play people. Uh-huh. And I found myself here recently tweeting Sam a lot in reference to how, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm becoming the guy that I can't stand. This overly familiar Sam and it's not, not my buddy. How. Now on Twitter, it's a little different because it's an economy of. Not only words, but Mm -hmm. um, characters or something. But when you're calling a game, like Sam rolls left, uh uh, stop doing that. It's the right now, it's worst in the NBA. And I don't know why, but when you watch NBA telecasts, Mm -hmm. the broadcasters routinely and frequently call everyone by their first name. And I don't understand it. Like John has the ball, passes to Brad. No, that's Wall and that's Beal. When did we start doing this? I don't know, but it's. There, I used to, this used to drive me crazy. Even broadcasters that I and I do look I up sound to, hundred right now. No, I, I probably know. do. No, we we both do. We're just we're just airing grievances, shaking our fist at the ocean. Even guys that I admire and who I, I like listening to used to do that. 
all the time. Like it's it's an attempt to let it's it's I think it's subconscious, but it's an attempt to let you know the royal you, the, the audience, not you, Grant Paulson. No, me. You at your home. Me with your feet up. My feet is the but like you at home hanging out, regular person. I know these guys and you don't. I have an increased familiarity with them. I'm on the inside and you're not. I've always felt that that was a thing. So I remember back in the day, people would do this where they would they would refer to the quarterback t- discussion. The thing about Kirk, the thing about Robert, like like you guys are buddies. Yeah. Like you know the people so well, and there's an intimacy that I have that you don't. That's always how I felt about it. And I think the NBA is just dripping with that at this stage. I don't know why. I I think it comes off. I understand it's familiar, and now a lot of the broadcasters are part of the team. You know, they travel with the yeah. team. They're probably going to dinner with the guys. Like they're, it's just like talking about a colleague in some ways. That has a lot to do with it. But it, I don't know. I just there's a respect level to me where it's just so it's too comfortable. It's like when I was a kid, it was Miss Connie or Miss Salisbury. It was not, hey Connie. You know, I just, I don't love you're calling right. the game and you're like, you know, Brock back to pass, rolling to his right. He's looking, looking. He's got he's Debo. Playing. He fires. Debo's got the catch. Now he laterals back to Brandon. Brandon's running downfield. Here comes George. George has the ball, <laughs> the 15 and the 10. There's still not a commander in sight. Nope. That was a crystal ball moment right there, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. They're, well, they're so busy lateraling each other. No, you get a touchdown, twice. Brandon. No, you get it, George. They're just doing the Travis Kelsey where they're just throwing backwards. Yeah. For no reason. Dude, Harlem Globetrotter stick. Hey, hey, Darius, I've got two uh, homework items for you, if you don't mind. I want two things for the new year. One of them, we're only going to get to use for a very short time, so we'll need it starting on Monday. The other one just could be a bit into 2024. So I want it, some type of alert that you play every time I, I say Ben Johnson's name. So it's, it's just like, <laughs> alert. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Because mm-hmm. I over talk about wanting Ben Johnson. So I think anytime his name ever comes up on the show, we should just play like a siren. And it's the Ben Johnson siren. The other one I want is an old person alert. Where when you or I are Uh-oh. saying anything and it's coming off like we're 50. Yeah, it's going to come up Where a lot. we just play that siren. Like me c- stop calling people by their first name on a play-by-play. That's probably one of them. By the way, you didn't even mean to do this, but you're just now like, yeah, I want, I want, when we sound like an old person, like, you know, when I sound like I'm 50, and that's like I'm not that far away from being 50 in real life. Like, you just said that. You didn't even realize you said it. You were trying to th- come up with a big number. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're 50, you're butt old. Yeah. And, and it, it stung. I want you to know that it's stung. How old are you? 44. I mean, that's outrageous. Isn't that ridiculous? You are so old. 44, bro. That's crazy. Look at the White Walker south of the wall right there. Look at the grays. I know. I'm, I'm, I see them. I'm just looking for some brown hairs in there somewhere. It's hard to find them. <laughs> The DC Grays are right here. Look at these. The DC Grays. Look at these guys. <laughs> Jay Gruden joins the show. What's next your point? On Grand <laughs> You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 